Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Midnight Monsters. I am your host, Spooky Boo. Every Sunday I bring to you true tales of the paranormal, and sometimes I even have guests. During the last half hour of the show, you can call in to ask your questions, or even tell your stories at 516-453-9399. Find out more at www.midnightmonstersradio.com. Now let's begin. Hey, it's Spooky Boo. Welcome to Midnight Monsters. Tonight we're talking about haunted houses and ghosts. Kind of a replay from two weeks ago. Not exactly a replay. There were some issues with the equipment. So I decided to do the broadcast over again so that people had a chance to call in and had a chance to hear their message on the program and their stories. Hopefully this one's recording. If it's not, but I guess you can't hear me if it's not, I was going to say, give me a call and let me know, but otherwise you can't hear me. So you can call into the program at 516-453-9399. And tonight we're talking about haunted houses and ghosts. So every Sunday at 11.59 p.m. Eastern, that's 9 p.m. Pacific, I bring you this live broadcast. We talk about the paranormal and other strange things going on in the world. Tonight's about ghosts and haunted houses. Have you ever been haunted by a ghost? If you have a paranormal story of any kind, from ghosts to hat man to aliens, you can leave your story on the show in a message or on the phone, and I will read it on the air during the appropriate program. Visit the website at www.midnightmonstersradio.com and fill out the form with your story. You can also leave a message that I play, that I can play on the air at 707-SPOOKY-BOO-22. That's 707-776-6592. Leave a message of up to three minutes of what happened, and I will play it on the air. Or I might play it on the air. I don't know. If you do a lot of swearing, I probably won't. So, if you want to tell me a longer story than three minutes of something that scared you tonight, call the live line at 516-453-9399. Maybe we can get you going there. All right. So have you ever lived in a haunted house or been haunted by ghosts? I have. I have lived in two haunted houses, and I'll tell you about them tonight. What was there at the house? I have no idea, but it was really freaky. The first house I grew up in during my teen years, it was a one-story house that looked like one time it At one point, it could have been a small ranch house in the 1800s. It had a screen porch. Then when you walked through the porch and then the front door, you walked into the living room and the dining room. There was a kitchen through a door from the dining room on the left. And then on the other side of the dining room, there was a a little door to the right to a hallway, very small hallway, that went into a bathroom and then a back room. And then on the right side of the house was my bedroom, my mom's room. 
by that point, my brother and sister had moved out. My brothers and sister had moved out. They came back every once in a while. <laughs> but that's the house that I grew up in when I was a teen. It sat right in the middle of nowhere. There was a there was a housing development project on the other side, not project, but house uh, homes, residential homes across the what they called Old Redwood Highway, and then a school on the other side, and then our house, which there were a couple of really creepy houses around that area. I'll tell you that the one down the street was an old Victorian-looking house. It was really beautiful. It looked like it probably was the owner of this little house we lived in and maybe the house we lived in was a little ranch house or or a farmer house or something maybe where all of the help lived i don't know but by that time by the time we lived there they were the same property so the story starts that my sister lived there for a short time and she stayed in the back bedroom she didn't like it very much it was always cold and creepy in that room and it cold to the point where we could see our own breath sometimes. The rest of the house would be really warm from the heater and then that room just would not heat up at all. And my sister and I would always get hairline scratches under our clothes and our arms and torsos. And there were always strange noises that we couldn't place in different parts of the house that we just, you know, shoved off as the plumbing or wind, you know, because it's an old house. And just really strange creaking noises and other things we couldn't place. My cat was very protective of me. She was like a watchdog to the point where she would even bite guys I dated. <laughs> so it's no question that she would always be growling at whatever was in the yard. Sometimes there were deer or skunks and other animals, a raccoon, but oftentimes there was nothing at all. Nothing there at all. We'd look out the window because she would be staring out out the window from across the room and there would be nothing out there. She would just growl and growl. Other times she would sit on my back or shoulders while I was trying to sleep and she'd just look out the window and growl like there was something there and there would be nothing out there. One time I thought I saw somebody looking in the bedroom window. I was on the phone with my boyfriend at the time. And we're talking. I'm like, hold on. Somebody's outside. He's like, what? And, and nobody was out there. I ran out there. Nobody's out there. Because I'm a gutsy chick. And I check on things like that. And um, he lived far away. So not far away, but miles away. Didn't have time to get there just in case there was somebody there. So I just ran outside and there was nothing there. But I did see a face. So the noises and the growling, we could have passed it off as animals and, and um, you know, just, I don't know what would cause scratches, hairline scratches, but, you know, we just passed off the noises as whatever, you know, maybe other animals or plumbing or the wind. But then one night, my brother's friend came over and he was sitting in the chair in the living room adjacent from the tiny hallway. You could see into the bathroom in the back bedroom from the place where he was sitting. He gets up and freaks out, saying he noticed a human-sized yellow fuzzy cat 
walking on two legs from the bathroom into the cold bedroom. Creepy. Then one night, my sister and her friend were playing cards at the dining room table. Alongside the eastern wall in the house, someone had added a couple of rectangular rooms that went down the length of the house. They they weren't really... Uh, they didn't really match the house. They were really weird. I don't know why people would add those. I guess they were maybe storage rooms or something. They weren't built very well. But they didn't remove the windows from the dining room and the living room. They just simply added windows to the outside. So you could see from the older, more antique windows into that room and then outside into the backyard through the newer windows. So while my sister and her friend were playing cards at the table, her friend was facing the window that looked into the added rooms. And suddenly she just, she sits up and her whole face is dreams of color. She gets up, goes into the kitchen and grabs the biggest knife she could find and sat back down. And my sister's like, what? You know, what's, what's going on? What happened? And Deb said there was somebody or someone or something with a really white face looking into the house, but not from the outside window. It was in from the window that was inside. from within the added room. And she said it didn't really look like a person. It was like a face without features. They went out there and there was nothing there. <laughs> and I've, I've seen something like that there. I, would, I figured, I passed it off with just a light. Somebody driving out because that road, sometimes the lights would reflect. But it, when I saw it, it didn't look like the light, normally like the light that reflected. It was really creepy. Yeah, so that was our experience living in that house, and we never knew what it was, never at all. So I will be right back in a moment. Hey, it's Spooky Boo. I know we all love true ghost stories, but right now I'll tell you that I love writing horror fiction as well. You can find all of my horror fiction that I've written on my podcast, Spooky Boo Scary Story Times, The Terrifying Tales of Sandcastle, where life in the quiet coastal town of Northern California begins its century of frightening events in this already disquieting city that attracts evil from beyond. Check it out at www.scarystorytime.com and subscribe with your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and others. You can also get Spooky Boo and Midnight Monsters merchandise at www.scarystorytime.com. Now back to Midnight Monsters. Remember to tune in every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Pacific or Midnight Eastern. Hey, welcome back to the program. Okay, so I do ask people to call in their stories, their spooky, scary stories. You can call in your story either live at 516-453-9399. That number is only available during the show hours on Sunday nights. Or you can call anytime and leave a three-minute message 
uh, up to three minutes at 707-SPOOKYBOO-22. 707-776-6592. Here is a call that we got on the 707-776-6592 number. Check it out. I was in the room minding my business when all of a sudden I hear a rustle. I look behind the chair that's in my room and there's nobody there. I start looking everywhere in the room, but there is no one in there. I think that my house is haunted. Okay. So that's a message that we got on the program. And you can leave one too. And I'll play it on the air. You can also send in your story. There's a form on the website. You can send in your story to the website. And I will be reading some of those tonight. Just make sure that um, you get those in to me before the program. I will tell you the week before... of what the topic of the show is that night. And I'll read them for the the upcoming topics. Like last weekend we had aliens, and this weekend is ghosts, and somebody left their ghost story. So call them in, and then I will assign them appropriately. You may not hear it right away, but when the upcoming topic comes up, you might hear it with the topic. All right, so the other house that I lived in was later in life when I had kids. This was a two-story house probably built in the 1800s. It had been remodeled by the landlord, but the old doors and panels still existed. They claimed there was nothing wrong with the house, but I knew the previous homeowner personally, a friend of my son's parents, and they would tell me the same stories that I experienced while living there. In fact, she told me those stories before. She caught me I was walking taking a walk down the street and she's like I can't believe you're living in that house and at first she tried to pass it off as um, you know it's a big house a lot of work there and I'm like well you know it's just a house you gotta do the art anyway so oh well it's haunted and then she starts telling me stories and I'm like okay whatever you know thinking it's probably something else but then the stuff started happening to us so yeah It was really creepy. The lights would randomly turn on and off as well as ceiling fans. And these were, these were all the lights and it wasn't electrical problems because sometimes the actual light switch on the wall or the device would shut off the device as well. Surge protection. Then sometimes you'd hear a piano playing just in the air. We did have a piano, but nobody was playing it at the time we would hear it. We'd be like, what is that noise? Is somebody playing a piano? And the kids would be right there. Nobody was playing the piano. But she didn't have a piano, and she would hear the piano play when she lived there. And the front door would open by itself, just swing open. (laughs) And she'd put a double lock on it so it wouldn't do it anymore. Because the door handle would turn and swing open, but then when the double lock was on there... Oh, whatever was opening it wouldn't undo the double lock, the deadbolt. So she had 
a lot of locks on it. It was really weird. When you look at it, you'd have the regular doorknob and then the deadbolt and then another lock and then one of those sliding chain locks at the top. And it's like, why the overkill? But I learned why. It's because the door would just open on its own if you didn't lock the other pieces. And it wasn't because of a faulty doorknob or anything. That door would open. Like somebody would walk into the house, maybe some old lone cowboy or something. I don't know. The house is pretty old, creepy as hell. The basement was really creepy. It was a it was a darker basement with most of the light coming in from the small window. And we'd randomly find children's toys, like boxes of marbles and cars, just sitting out in the room that were in the walls, and they weren't there before. And the kids said sometimes they would hear children's laughter. Then one time while I was doing laundry, I heard a child's voice that sounded like a little girl around eight or nine say, hi there. And at first I thought it was my son, but I turned around, nobody was there. And then I called him from the basement upstairs. I was like, hello, are you up there? Said his name. And he came running down. He's like, what do you want? You know? Oh, and another time... I had these little alarms set up so that I knew when he came home from school, I'd hear the alarm go off in my, and it was in my office door. So the alarm goes off and he, it kept going off and going up. And I'm like, oh, he's playing games with me because it's one of those little infrared ones you get in the, a shadow gets in the way, a little ding. And then, oh man, he's playing games with me. So I go out and I'm like, where are you? Are you playing games with me? And he calls me down from his bedroom, which is upstairs. And he's like, I'm upstairs. Oh, so there's no way he could have been doing that. Really creepy. Bats would get in the house all the time. They'd come up through the basement and somehow get into the house. And you have to shoot them out of the house with brooms in the middle of the day. The people who own the house, we didn't buy it. We, we rented it. Um, it was always freezing cold. And when we'd complain about the weather, you know, how cold it was, not the weather, but how cold the house was, the landlords would always say, well, it's an old house and has a lot of creaks and cracks. And we're spending a fortune in oil because there was just so much cold air. We'd all sleep in one room. You know, I had to board off, not board off all the windows, but put the, the window protection on and just, it was freezing. And maybe that's because it was an old house, but it was just unusually cold. And the even running the heater wouldn't heat it up. It would always stay under, I think it would stay under like 60. It was freezing cold. I'm so glad we moved from there. It was horrible. And my son, one of my sons, the oldest, would have night terrors at night. He would wake up screaming and get up and walk around. He slept, walked, sleepwalked a lot. And he'd get out and walk around and, and, oh, just bizarre. And then once we moved, he stopped having them. And then one time I heard my middle son yelling for me, almost screaming from his bedroom. And they ran upstairs. They told me he heard an old woman from the closet say, I'm going to kill you. We'd also find the windows open up there. There was a a room right in the middle and had a window that went out, lit outside, and it would be open just in the middle of the day. 
It was on the second story. It's not like somebody was putting a ladder up to the roof and climbing out there. It's possible that the boys had left it open, but I don't think so because it would happen while they were at school. Oh, and then, and then another freaky thing. Sometimes my boys would say when they were going up the stairs that something would push them up the stairs, physically put their hands in the back and push them up the stairs. So I did a little bit of research and found out that a house on the same street, it didn't say which house did it. I think it did have the address on there in, in the information I found. Somebody had died falling down the stairs being pushed by an old woman. So if that wasn't creepy enough, I mean, come on, little kids in the basement saying hi and laughing and then the old woman in the closet and, oh, it was just Creep City. So if you've ever been haunted by a ghost, lived in a haunted house, give me a call, 516-453-9399. Tell me your story live. And I'll be right back. Hey, it's Spooky Boo. Do you want to listen to creepy, scary stories at night before you go to bed? Check out the Creepy Pasta and True Scary Stories podcast and get podcast episodes Monday through Friday to listen to at night. Find out more at www.creepypastascarystories.com. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and other popular platforms. Remember, www. Dot creepypasta scary stories dot com. Okay, I'm back. So then that is the rest of the stories of my creepy house that we lived in. The one we live in now is fortunately not haunted, thank God. Yay. So I asked people to send in their spooky stories for a podcast, and I have a few of them to read here. There's about 37 minutes left of the program, so you can still call in and tell me your stories at 516-453-9399. And let me tell you these stories that were sent in to me. I grew up in California where it's pretty warm here all year round, except for November and December. Most of the time, we all sleep in our own rooms, but since we don't usually run the heat, we all sleep in the living room with a fireplace during these cold months. One time, when my brothers and I were all camped out in the living room in our sleeping bags, we just couldn't get to sleep. All of us kept telling ghost stories and freaking each other out. Then one night in late November, we heard some kind of a scratching noise in the hallway. We all stopped talking and looked at each other. Quietly, my brother Ricky went to the hallway door and listened. He said he heard scraping on the walls and whispering. Our living room is between two hallways. Our rooms are on the right side and our parents' room is on the left. The noise was coming from our side. Ricky wanted to go get mom, but I said no way. If there was something in there, she would only scare it away. The next day, we didn't say anything to mom about the noises we heard. We all talked for a bit, pretending like everything was normal. Then, once again, the scraping and talking started. It was more like a bunch of people whispering really loudly. 
Ricky again went over to the hall door and opened it real fast. A quick burst of cold air blew in and almost put out the fire. He shut it fast, and I swear we heard something say, don't do that. The next night, Robbie had to use the bathroom really bad. Normally, we would just use the one off to the kitchen, but Dad had taken the toilet apart because my dumb brother dropped an apple into the toilet and flushed it. So he went into the bathroom down the dark hallway. About two minutes later, we hear him screaming. We all ran in and saw him staring at the other side of the hall. He was as white as a sheet. We asked him what it was, and he said that he saw some old man staring at him in the mirror behind him. We all looked, but there was nothing there. For the next five nights, we all heard it. There was walking up and down the hallway with a scraping sound. We all refused to use the bathroom. We're all boys, so we use the kitchen sink. We were less afraid of mom finding out about the kitchen sink than facing the ghosts in the hall. After that week, we never heard it again until the next year and every year after that. When I got older and went off to college, I looked up the history of the house, and sure enough, someone had died in that part of the house before the side was added. We still go back during Thanksgiving and sleep in the living room. We were really afraid when we were kids, but since it never hurt any of us, it grew less scary every year. But then last year, Ricky started to get scratches on his arm. Every time he goes back to mom and dad's, he does. He swears he will never go again. That sounds creepy. That kind of sounds like the ghost of haunted our house. Okay, the next story... He called it the ghost in the window. I used to have a lot of slumber parties with my friends. They would come over and we would stay up all night long eating pizza, popcorn, and drinking soda. It wasn't until one night when we were prank calling people that we noticed there was someone looking in the window. My friend Kimmy screamed, then pointed at the window. Whatever it was just stared. We thought it was a creeper, so my friend and I, dumb as we were, grabbed a baseball bat and went outside. There was no one there, but when we came back in, the face was still there. It was saying something like, help me, but there was no sound. The next night, the face was still there, but it was really creepy looking. It looked like there was blood all over it. It still mouthed the words, help me, and yet still nothing was on the other side of the window. That night, I went in and slept in my mom and dad's room. Mom didn't believe me, so when I told her it was there again the next night, she ran in to see. I was staring right at it, and this time it looked like its eyes were all gray and sunken in. She still couldn't see it, and she said she would take me to see the doctor if I didn't knock it off. She let me have my friend Kimmy over that next night just to see if we could see it. Kimmy and I watched as it screamed over and over again at us. This time, no words, just screaming. We could actually hear it faintly now. We pointed at the window right where it was. Mom said there was no way and we needed to stop playing games with her. The next day, Mom and I got into a car accident. They pulled me from the car first, and after the car caught on fire... The face in the window looked just like mom did when she was screaming through the window of the car. I will never forget that day, and it haunts me forever. Ooh, that one gave me the chills. Seriously, that was really creepy. 
Ghostly Backyard Noises. Oh, by the way, if you want to call in your story, you still have time left. 516-453-9399. Ghostly Backyard Noises. Growing up, we always had these huge family parties in the backyard until I was about 10 years old. Since we have the big Italian family in the area, there was always a lot of relatives and really good food. My uncle Frank owned the local pasta house in town, and they would cater the party as well as the people who brought the food over to eat. They were huge. We had dancing and drinking. Most of us were drinking even though we weren't supposed to. I said this happened until I was about 10 years old. That was many years ago, but the reason why the party stopped is that my drunk Uncle Joe came over and started causing trouble. Joe was the bad seed of the family. He was only still a teen, but he was into the local Italian gangs we had back then. He was always running errands for bad people. When he tried to come over, Uncle Frank told him he wasn't allowed. Uncle Joey then shot Uncle Frank in the stomach. People were yelling and screaming everywhere. My mom and pop were trying to get in, get an ambulance in time, but couldn't get through the mess of cars in the driveway and down the road fast enough. Poor Uncle Frank bled out everywhere and died right there in my backyard. My God. It hasn't been the same ever since either. They kept the restaurant open, but ever since the first party, after a year later, we just haven't been in the mood. The reason why is because first it was depressing, but then people started leaving. There were only a few of us left having a few beers or whatnot. My mom had cleaned the stain off the ground before, but while we were watching, we heard some weird moaning noises and the stain came back back right there. We all watched really dumbfounded. At first, we couldn't figure out what it was, but Tony, my brother, was like, isn't that where Uncle Frank died? We all went running into the house. Mom was mad because we accidentally made her drop the plate of leftovers she was putting into the fridge. We told her, and she went out to look, but the stain was gone. That same night, I tried to sleep, but I heard someone that sounded like Uncle Frank moaning help me in the backyard. I watched out my window because it looks over the yard, thinking it may be a joke. It may be a joke, but the stain came back. Since then, I've changed rooms with Tony, and he says that he sees the same thing, but he ain't scared. He says it's just Uncle Frank's ghost. It terrifies me. Ay, ay, ay. That is kind of creepy. Okay. Here's another story that you can listen to or you can call in your own 516-453-9399. Some of these stories are from the Creepypasta True Scary Stories podcast that I have and they were sent into that podcast to be read. I'm reading them to you on Midnight Monsters. Haunted Beach. I'm 26 years old. About 11 years ago, my friends and I went to the beach at night when we weren't allowed. Some of the beaches here close after sunset, but that just makes them more fun. We would go to play baseball or just sit around and drink while cooking hot dogs. If we got caught, they only made us put out our fire and leave. One night it was really foggy, dark, and cold. My friends and I were sitting around the campfire telling stupid stories like bloody finger and bloody bones. When we were this, when we were, as must be, when we heard this moaning, 
from this big rock that people sit on all of the time when the tide is low. That night, the tide was so low, we went over and climbed up. In the other corner, we saw this glowing human figure standing there looking out toward the ocean. He was moaning and rocking back and forth, staring into the water. He turns around, looks at us, then says, no one can help me, and then jumps. We all ran over to, and no one was there. At first, we thought it was a real person, but when we called the cops, no one was reported missing or anything. Then they told us some guy had done the same thing years ago and jumped in front of his girlfriend with those exact same words. Here's a story called Grandfather. When my son was around six years old, we lived in this nice little townhome in Sunnyvale, about a mile from my work. We were really happy with it because it was so close and all of the people in the groups of townhomes are really nice. One day when my son and I came home from daycare, he said, there's that man again. I was confused. I didn't know what he was talking about. So when I, when I inquired, he told me that an old man was always walking around our house. He had a plaid shirt on with big hands. He was losing his hair and always smiling. I found this really creepy and hoping no one was stalking us or coming into the house with my permission. So I told him to tell me whenever you saw the man. A few days later, he pointed toward the hall and said, Mommy, there he is. Of course, there was nothing there, so I told him it was probably just his imagination or a dream he had. A few days later, we were looking at old pictures of family, and he pointed to a picture of my grandfather and said, There's that old man. I told him he probably had seen the picture before, and it just got into his head. Well, I had forgotten one little tidbit of info all these years, and I suddenly remembered my grandparents had lived in Sunnyvale. I did a little bit of research, and they had lived in that same apartment decades before. Creepy. You can call in your story at 516-453-9399. And remember, every show there's a different topic. So to check out what the topic will be for next week, Check out the website at www.midnightmonstersradio.com and I'll have the new episode almost prepared for next week, tomorrow. You can listen to the repeat of this episode on the website at www.midnightmonstersradio.com or you can listen to it on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and other popular podcast platforms. Here's another story that was sent in. There is something outside. There isn't anything I love more than a nice thunderstorm when I'm at home, all snug in front of the fireplace. That is, until I had to go to work one night at the most torrential weather I'd ever seen. I prayed all night there wouldn't be a tornado because the building I was in didn't have a basement and no one else was around that side of town. I had to watch over a bunch of internet servers and take phone calls for an internet service provider. This was back in the 90s when most people were still on dial-up. Because of the storm, the systems were going off and on all night long. So every few minutes, I'd hear the alarms go off of the servers and they'd come back online. The internet was constantly down and no one was calling in, probably afraid to touch their phones or their power was out. I was bored out of my mind, so I started watching the lightning. Every few seconds, the lightning would strike, and it would seem to be daylight. 
The storm went on for hours, and at one point while I was watching outside, there was a little boy about 10 years old wearing a yellow raincoat standing right across the street. This terrified me, so I called the police and told them there was a little boy outside. They drove back and forth a few times not finding anyone. Then a few minutes later, there was a little boy standing there again, same place, but this time his face looked see-through with just two black holes for his eyes. At that point, the lightning had calmed down a bit, and I tried to look a little harder. On the next flash, I was just about knocked off my feet when that same ghostly figure of the little boy stood right in front of the window. His face was hollow-looking, and he was crying out, saying something I couldn't hear. He was pointing toward the river and looking back at me and then was gone. I called the cops again, and they said I probably just dreamt it while falling asleep on the job. (laughs) Nice. I found out a little boy drowned in a storm many years before in the river. He matched the same description as the kids standing out in the rain that night. Well, that isn't creepy. All right, here is the next story. Remember, you can call in your story at 516-453-9399. You can also listen to the show at that number. My friends and I would go in. Oh, this is called Haunted House in the Wine Country. We grew up next to an old grape vineyard that was no longer used. The house seemed to be abandoned and was on the market so long that no one wanted it. Parts of the house, like the roof and walls, were crumbling, and it was always marked as a demolition site. It was a perfect place to party. My friends and I would go in and party at the ground level. There were some old couches and chairs left behind before we could or where we could sit and have some fun. We only drank there, but other people would write all over the walls, marker and spray paint. One time we went in and got caught with a Mexican gang, got caught up with a Mexican gang. At first, we were all at arms with each other. My friends and I were too stoned to leave, and by the time these guys gave up trying to sell us, to tell us to leave. We had them laughing so hard that they offered to smoke with us. We started a small campfire in the middle of the living room. Don't worry, one whole wall was missing, so it wasn't like we were going to get asphyxiated or anything. This one Mexican dude started telling us the story of the place. His relatives used to work the vineyard back in the 70s and before his family moved there. It was rumored that the person who owned the place was really mean to his workers. He didn't hire people here legally like citizens or visa workers. He found people who couldn't or wouldn't say anything to the authorities just because he was a real jerk. I can't remember the name of the guy telling me the story, but his uncle's name was Henrico. He said he didn't like telling it because he was embarrassed that his uncle worked for pennies back in the day. He said Enrico would tell his family horrible stories about a torture chamber down in the cellar. The guy was supposed to keep wine down there, but part of it was sectioned off where he would torture what he called his slaves. Of course, he paid them wages so they could eat, but it wasn't very much. They lived in the old shacks around the vineyard. So while he was down there telling us the story about his uncle and how the winery owner would whip them and put them on stretching machines or do other devious things to them if they didn't meet their quota or did something wrong, he said there was a little revolt. No one talks about it because the wine business doesn't like to tell you its ugly side. The revolt was between the Mexican workers and the old guy. 
they went inside this very room and beat him down with their shovels. Since they had nowhere else to go but their shacks, they stayed there until they could figure out what to do. All of them left, but accidentally left this little girl sleeping in her bed. They had no idea and set the little shacks on fire, and she died. We were listening to the story in a little shock when we heard something outside the fallen wall. There were two little eyes glowing in the dark watching us. We thought it might be a small dog, but when it left, it walked upright. Then we heard some really frightening, some really light footsteps running away and a loud growling noise, but there was nothing there. Suddenly, the Mexican guys started moving around like there was something hitting them. They were screaming, but there was nothing we could do to help because there was no one there, no one around. Two of them ran away, and the third one tried to fight off whatever was attacking their friend, but after he fell all bloodied and beaten and started attacking that guy, too. We started to run, but those two eyes appeared in the dead vineyard. As we walked, the vines started growing on the dead grapevine trees really fast. They grew so fast, it was like a big forest. And the figure we later discussed, it might be the little girl, told us to follow her. We could suddenly see the landowner. He was old looking, but really big and strong. He came after us with a shovel, so we had no choice but to follow the little girl. She would turn around and look at us until we caught up close and take off again. We could hear him in the bushes behind us following us and using his shovel to cut the vines in his way. Finally, we reached the road where we flagged down a trucker going by. After seeing that crazy ghost dude, I think I'd rather face a crazy serial killer trucker. Fortunately, he was really nice. I drove by the old house the other day, or at least where it was. They ripped out the vineyard and put it up an old apartment complex. When I went by, I swear I saw a little girl who looked just like the one in the vineyard who saved us, waving at me. Oh, that was creepy. Hey, we have a call. All right, so I'm going to answer this line. Hey, it's Spooky Boo. Hey, Spooky Boo. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Got a spooky story? Yeah, I when I was uh, younger, the first house that we had bought in Northern California, uh, I didn't know the history. I did know it was one of the original farmhouses in the uh, uh, orchards and the uh, uh, farmland before the tax homes went in. Uh, There were certain incidences. I think it started when... uh, my wife and I were in the uh, uh, family room, and my kids were playing in my daughter's room, and they just started, heard the door slam, and then they started screaming. I tried to open the door, and it wouldn't open. There was no lock on the door, and my daughter was um, crying and screaming. I ended up having to put my hand through the door, punch through the door to uh, uh, unlock it from the other side. It wasn't locked, but I couldn't turn it off on my side. My uh, son was young enough that he was crying probably because my older daughter was crying. Um, she said something flew in the window, slammed the door, and um, disappeared. The the wind wasn't blowing. It wasn't one of those, the door, you know, the wind comes up and slams the door. Um, that door doesn't, didn't ever shut like that, uh, red carpet, that would prevent it from just swinging freely. Um, uh, from then on, I think it was a... a 
couple of weeks later, my I came home from work. My mom, uh, my my wife tells me to go listen to my son. So I go back down to the down the hall and sit down by his door, and he's having a conversation. Now my son is probably three or four at this time. Uh, he is able to have a conversation with you, but uh, um, not for very long. I mean, uh, so he's barely talking. He's actually having a conversation with like I'm only hearing half of it. Um, there's a way mm-hmm. kids, t- you know, can talk. It, but this, it seemed like he was having a conversation. So I went in and asked him who he's talking to, and he said he's talking to Gimmick. I said, Gimmick, where did he come from? And, and I asked him where he comes from, and, and he punched into the closet. He says he lives in the closet. Sort of freaky, you know. Things. Like my wife's getting freaked out more than I am on it. No, I just thought it was good, good imagination. This kind of thing. Um, we had two dogs that, uh, this is a, was a ranch-style home house built in a very long uh, hall, hallway, really dark, long hallway to the bedrooms. My dogs would sit and face down that hall and sit there and stare down the hall. They never barked and they never growled, but they would sit and stare down that hallway, which is sort of freaky. They were Australian shepherds. They were uh, uh, really very intelligent animals. But uh, that sort of... When I say the, the presence, um, one night the dogs come running in the, and jumps on the bed. They're not allowed on the bed. They can both jump on the mm-hmm. bed, stand in and stare, stare back into the hallway. Uh, I look up and I can see what looks like a, you know, what the light looks like through a rainstorm through a glass, sort of a diffused, sort of a uh, wavy type of uh, fade light. Well, we're seeing yeah. this reflection off of the wall, off of the wall, off of the wall of the hallway. There's no window or anything that can reflect that far down. So that's about the time my wife is. We're we're, we're in the middle of trying to purchase another house. Um, she within a week she packed the kids up and she was gone. <laughs> she went she went <laughs> and lived in the other house. So I, so I stayed there with my dog and and I moved I moved uh, uh, my crew in I had a, a, a construction crew. Uh, they were a garage band, so I mean, they moved all their equipment in out of that state. I didn't tell any, say anything about the house in any of the incidents that happened. Um, well, Phil, one, one of the band members, uh, he came out after being asleep for quite a while, coming in the kitchen and asked some questions. He's bright red. He sort of freaked out, said he was he had been shaken away, uh, shaken to where he's awake, and there was a. Uh, um, uh, uh, beer sitting on the nightstand. He knew he wasn't there before. He was freaked out about it. I just go, yeah, you must have been sleepwalking, whatever. <laughs> drinking. Yeah, Mickey, no, yeah, drinking. It was weird because I would have known if there was uh, an ice cold beer in the house and, and uh, there wasn't. Right. Just, uh, didn't have an explanation for that. Um, still, I hadn't shared anything with Lafille. Uh, um, Mickey Voss was our uh, drummer. Now, Mickey, I didn't know, was very superstitious. He he was uh, fell asleep in my recliner in the den watching some TV while Phil and I were in uh, the music room. We're just trying to get the play, try to get some lines down, trying to uh, you know get used to some of the instruments and, and, and such. Mickey Voss comes in, just serious as hell, and says, "For us to knock it off, I wasn't funny." I said, "What are you talking about?" And he says, "Some of these." Grabbed his shoulder and shook him. Oh, oh, it's just us, just me, just me and Little Phil. Nick, you know, that's all right. And 
I said, maybe it was my dog jumped on you and touched you, you know. And he goes, all right, whatever, man. He goes back in and goes, and sits back down. But Phil and I are still in the same room. Then Mickey comes back in a good hour later. White as a ghost. And he said, that wasn't funny. He says, tell me when you guys were, you guys were in there. Tell me you guys were in there. You know, touching us. We haven't left this room. Mickey Boss took <laughs> off, man. I never saw my drummer again. He left, he left his equipment and everything there. He took off. Uh, apparently, Mickey really freaked out. He told Phil later um, that uh, someone had pulled his hair. So he grabbed his shoulder and pulled his hair. And uh, he thought it was us behind him. So he turned around and there was nobody there. So bye bye. Wow. Um, Creepy. The, um, yeah. The, the, the strangest thing, I think, was, was my dogs, how my dogs acted in that house. Mm-hmm. Um, once I told uh, Lafille what had happened, uh, yeah, they, they basically found someplace else to live. <laughs> and this house was sold within a month. house was sold within a month. I was out of it also. But, uh, and, and the haunting didn't follow us. Didn't think That's that. good. But, uh, but there was enough there. I was just, just enough to really freak you out. And uh, like I said, right. my wife, my wife picked up the kids, picked up the kids, and she was gone. Well, I'll be there in the house, though. <laughs> my goodness. But, uh, so you never, did you ever check into the history of the house? No. Uh, we, my, parent, my parents and aunts had bought it for my grandmother, so she was closer to uh, my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it was one of the original. So my grandmother lived there um, with uh, my older my older brother staying there with uh, with her most of the time before my grandmother died. Mm-hmm. Um, so before that, I had no history of the house at all. I do know that just by the the lot, what it looks like, it was one of the original farmhouses. Because everything mm-hmm. else is sort of tracked in, you know, you can tell it's subdivisions. <laughs> but um, no, I never I never went back to. Ask either. <laughs> so back to whatever right. still there. Creepy. But, yeah, it, it it was it was, and uh, never spoke of again. My wife uh, mm-hmm. very not superstitious, but you don't bring that in the house type of thing. We don't talk about right. that. So, all right. And this is gonna find but, out uh, you called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. I get a phone call. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. Yeah. One thing I would suggest is if you have, if you have to punch through a hollow core door, just remind you that it's it's like a Chinese finger. You can't get it back out. Yeah. Always splinters. Well, I'm not punching the door, but my kids out. Wow. Um, well, thank you for letting for hearing the story about that spooky bit. Uh, just some events that have happened one time in the house. Right. Well, thank you for calling. Thank you for calling it in. You're welcome. You're welcome. Have a good evening. You too. Okay. Wow. That was creepy. A spooky house. Haunted house. I love getting calls on the haunted houses, especially when other people are in the room and they get poked. And, I'm sorry, drummer, poked and <laughs> hair pulled. Um, yeah, I like I like those kind of stories. They're they're fun. So you can um, call me. We have a few minutes left on the program. Seven minutes left. 
516-453-9399. And let's see, this other story I have here, Haunted Trailer. And when my mom was between jobs and just divorced, she rented this mobile home in this really gross trailer park. I'm not talking about the kind of park where there are nice new mobile homes. These were all trailers that looked like they belonged on criminal minds. There was only one bedroom that she gave to us, and she pulled out the fold-out couch in what was the living room. It was an older trailer, rather large, and not one of those silver bullets. It was a motorhome. Really weird, but she worked hard and kept us fed. We moved years later, and after she was able to save money from her two jobs and buy a decent house. Anyway, the motorhome was okay. Oh, goodness. I'm sorry. I usually turn my phone off, and I forgot to do that. Maybe a ghost turned it back on, and I did turn it off. Anyway. Anyway, the motorhome was okay. We had a TV and lots of games to play, but we also liked to go outside and explore. It was my sister and I and my mom. Our dad was such a loser that he never paid any child support or came to see us, so we really just had each other. While sis and I didn't go anywhere while mom was at work, we felt safer going out after she got home. We helped her out by making dinner, usually mac and cheese with hot dogs, but sometimes spaghetti or grilled cheese sandwiches. She was always very grateful and said we could stay up till 10 p.m. and watch TV with her. She usually fell asleep while watching. We would sneak out and leave the TV on. If we turned it off, then she would wake up. Usually we would just go outside and throw rocks at the creek near the park, but that night we discovered an old trailer that was empty. It looked like it had been abandoned for a while and the people had left in a hurry. There were plates all piled up in the sink and even a plate sitting on the table. We didn't care. We were kids. Mold didn't scare us. The home was still hooked up to the electric and cables, so we made some room in the dirty clothes on the couches and watched TV. I think we were watching something like Night Gallery or Outer Limits. It was pretty spooky, whatever it was. We heard this really weird moaning noise coming from the floor, but there was nothing there. It was really creepy. There was some knocking and moaning. I stomped my foot a few times and it stopped. We went outside and looked under the trailer, but there was nothing there. So we went back inside to finish the show, and a few minutes later we were still sitting there, and this old guy with really pale skin and drooping eyes comes in and walks through the trailer. He just opens the door, looks at us actually like it was right through us, and then kept walking toward the back of the RV and then just disappeared. I went to the back of the RV and opened the door to the bedroom. It smelled so bad. The same guy was laying there, dead on the bed. We ran back to the house so fast and called 911. While we pretended to be anonymous, thinking it would work, they they traced the call. We got into so much trouble, but if we didn't find out, there was no telling how long he would have been there. They found out there was another dead guy. This guy was hidden under the floorboards. That must have been the knocking sound. No one believed our ghost story, but whatever. I know it happened. It's true. (laughs) Yuck. (laughs) Freaky. Dead people under the footboards. Okay, so we pretty much don't have much time for any more stories. I don't think. Let's see if I can read one more. I can read one more. 
Um, not enough time for another phone call. Next week I'll make it an hour and a half long if I have enough stories to read, and then I'll give more time for phone calls. So here is one last story. And I really appreciate the call earlier, by the way. Thank you for calling that story in. That was really creepy with the band members getting poked and beer left on the counter. All right, my haunted bedroom. I'm 22 now, but I was 16 when this happened. We had just moved into this old house in Santa Cruz where there were a lot of old residents. We knew this because for some reason this old house had a basement and the landlords let people write stories on the walls of the basement. It was really weird for the area because people around here don't have basements, but it was fun reading all the old stories. My friends and I would party down there as it had a carpet, TV, and a couch. One night I fell asleep and all my friends left. They didn't want to wake me up, so they covered me with a blanket and went home. I woke up and, feeling a little out of place, panicked that I wasn't in my room. I didn't even know where the light was because there was no switch. I didn't realize it was right over my head and I had to pull on it. The moon came through the little window just as for my eyes to adjust to the light. It was then when I realized I was in the basement. Not being scared now, I sat down and turned on the TV. It wouldn't turn on, neither would the light above. Then I saw it, glowing in the corner of the room. There was a figure staring at me. I thought it might be one of my friends at first and yelled to stop trying to scare me, but when I did, it moved just a little and closer. I could see right through it, and it was between me and the stairs. My heart was pounding so hard I could hear it in my ears. It came closer still, and I was too chicken to move and run past it, but I finally did it. I got up and had no choice but to try and run through it. Obviously, it wasn't there because I could see the stairs. When I ran through it, I felt this bolt of electricity hit me so hard that it knocked me down on the floor and I passed out. When I came to, there was a power outage on the block. All of the lights went out the, went out the moment I ran into that thing. I don't know if it was still there. If it is still there, I never went down to the basement again. These story, the stories were all sent in to me for my other podcast, Creepy Pasta and True Scary Stories. And this is the Midnight Monsters radio program. Remember, you can call in your stories at 516-453-9399 next Sunday night. I don't know what the topic will be yet, but I will decide tomorrow morning. I did get a story mailed to me just recently, so maybe it will be about cryptid creepy creatures. Hmm. So that's all for tonight. I appreciate the call, and please give me a call next week and send in your stories, www.midnightmonstersradio.com. Hey, it's Spooky Boo. Come and visit me on social media. You can find me at Spooky Boo, Spooky Boo Roads, or Spooky Boo Scary Storytime on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social media. The list is up at www.scarystorytime.com where you can find me. And that's all for tonight. I'll see you in your nightmares. Thanks for tuning in.